This is The Guardian. Today, as succession comes to an end, a look at the real-life drama playing out inside the Murdochs, with no end in sight. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, first up, there are no season four spoilers in this episode, so listen on without fear. And now, the music. Yes, sadly, the hit show Succession wraps up this week. It's a show about a fictional family, the Roys, whose patriarch, Logan, rules his media empire ruthlessly and whose children fight for his love, his attention, and to take over the family business. The show's creator, Jesse Armstrong, says it's not based on any one family, but clearly one family is a big inspiration. There are people who will tell you that, yeah, the scriptwriters must have had someone on the inside of the Murdoch family literally feeding them plot twists and lines. What are the CEO vibes? The kids are not equipped to take on the role. He was going to fire half that room. Who would we prefer, one of us or one of the old guard? We just saw reported in Vanity Fair the other day the suggestion that in the divorce between Rupert Murdoch and his fourth wife, Jerry Hall, there were clauses preventing Jerry from feeding you know, information back to the writers of succession. The fight for who takes over the Murdoch Empire, once Rupert retires in one form or another, has been speculated about for decades. It's something three of Murdoch's children in particular have been preparing for their entire lives. If you picture this palatial apartment with the kids getting dressed up formally to um, see their dad in the evening and then sit down and be quiet while uh, at the dinner table, um, they listen to conversations with you know, the most powerful people in New York. And it's, it, it's, it is an extraordinary upbringing. In the last few years, Rupert's successor has become clear. But something else has too. That Rupert's death might not be the end of this particular drama. It might be the beginning of its most explosive chapter. And its consequences will not be fictional. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, why the Murdoch succession drama may not be ending anytime soon. Paddy Manning, you're a journalist who's written the first biography of Lachlan Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch's eldest son. The family patriarch Rupert is 92 years old, an age where life for most people would have slowed down just a little bit. But Rupert Murdoch is not most people, and he's had a pretty big year. Take us through it. 
Absolutely. Rupert's been under immense pressure this year, both kind of professionally and to an extent personally. The year began with him giving sworn testimony. Uh, He was deposed in the Dominion case that was brought against Fox Corporation two years ago in the wake of the uh, 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. We're learning uh, more about the judge's ruling today and what it means for the Dominion voting system's $1.6 billion lawsuit against Fox. If you read through the depositions, they were released in February, and it's remarkable if you read them uh, how a 92-year-old bears up in you know some pretty testing exchanges with lawyers for Dominion, the voting machine manufacturer, but Rupert was sharp, still sharp on any reading of those uh, transcripts. For moments ago, we learned there is a settlement, a settlement in the high stakes trial between Dominion Voting Systems and Fox. Dominion was suing Fox for $1.6 billion, saying that the network showed complete and utter disregard for truth and facts and accuracy when they allowed guests and hosts to push false conspiracy theories that the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump's. They have written a check for more than $780 million to Dominion after settling in a a very expensive settlement of that case. They have had to fire uh, their biggest star in Tucker Carlson, which has seen their ratings dive. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. And then personally, uh, having uh, been divorced from uh, his fourth wife, Jerry Hall, in 2022, Rupert found himself in the middle of an affair, a kind of romantic affair with Anne Leslie Smith, and then soon, early this year, announced an engagement uh, to her if the marriage had gone ahead, would have would have been his fifth. And he, at the time, he joked that he looked forward to um, spending the second half of his life with uh, <laughs> the woman, and Leslie Smith. But within weeks, the engagement was called off and the affair uh, he pulled out of it. Uh, it has been an extraordinary year, and we're not even halfway through it. And so, at this point in Murdoch's life, what kind of empire is he presiding over? The Murdoch media empire in 2023 is actually diminished. You know, at the beginning of the century, you know, you could argue that the Murdoch media empire had kind of reached a peak of its influence. It spanned five continents. It included the Fox uh, film and television studios that were you know, the entertainment side of the business uh, in America that was sold to Disney for $71 billion. It also, at its peak, included the Sky Europe broadcast and pay TV operation, Star TV in Asia, legacy newspapers uh, from the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post in America to uh, the Times uh, of London and The Sun, and in Australia, a stable that includes a whole bunch of tabloid newspapers like the Te- Daily Telegraph in Sydney or the Herald Sun in Melbourne and the Australian, the National Broadsheet. 
So that's one way to measure the Murdoch empire as a list of, of media entities and companies and entertainment networks. But the other way is in the force that they managed to exert in democracies around the world. So tell me about that element of it. Rupert Murdoch has been prepared to campaign as a media proprietor uh, in favour of governments left and right, in fact, if you look over the history of his empire, in Australia, the United States and the United Kingdom, as it suited him. And actually, it's the academic Manuel Castells who said, the business model that the Murdochs have developed is one in which there's a kind of trade. Political favour is, is exchanged for regulatory favour. And that is quite a powerful business model if you think about it. Mm, and, and we've heard a lot about the power that Rupert Murdoch wields over the past few decades. In the 1992 election, the Sun newspaper openly claimed they were responsible for the Conservatives winning. They bragged in a headline, it's the Sun what won it. A few years later, Tony Blair, then opposition leader, flew halfway across the world to Australia to meet Murdoch and try to persuade him to stop tearing Labor apart in his papers. Murdoch, of course, denies ever exchanging political favours for anything. He told the Leveson Inquiry. I've never asked a Prime Minister for anything. And of you openly pushing your commercial interests by using your newspaper powers, is that right? No. We... I take a particularly strong pride in the fact that we've never pushed our commercial interests in our newspapers. But Paddy, it's clear that Murdoch runs a media company, but also this extraordinary force in our democracies. And so the question of who inherits that force is vitally important. As in the show Succession, it's three of his kids who have spent their lives effectively auditioning for that role. Who are they? It is a fascinating story. Rupert, as I mentioned earlier, he's been married four times. His first marriage, he had one daughter, Prudence, who has never worked in the business. It was his second marriage to Anna Torv, uh, as she was, who he married in 1969 and had three children. Uh, and that marriage lasted for 33 years. And Rupert and Anna had three children. The eldest was Elizabeth, who now lives in England. She started off, she was interested in television and she has had a successful career um, working, first of all, working her way up through the Murdoch empire. I mean, she felt she was hitting a ceiling. And she said at that time, at the end of the 90s, that she felt it was easier to be a Murdoch outside the family company. Plenty of people who have worked inside the Murdoch media empire who will say, oh, Elizabeth was the smartest one. She was the one that had the most promise, but she was never in the contention for the succession. Yes, you have met some of my family before. (laughs) The, uh... The committee may be less than keen on women, but by God, you do love a Murdoch. And this is a kind of, you know, criticism that Rupert Murdoch had, you know, always kind of favoured his, his sons, if you like, which brings us to Lachlan. And Lachlan, as the eldest son, born in 1971 in London, in a famous interview that Rupert gave with the Financial Times in the 90s, he was sort of seen as the apple of Rupert's eye and the one who Rupert said at that time was first among equals. As the eldest son, he he was sort of the natural successor. 
Lachlan is the one who took the most interest in uh, the newspaper side of the family business. He talked about the joy of going into the, watch the printing presses at the New York Post role when he was just a young kid. Both James and I, we, we've grown up in newsrooms, right? We, we, we understand uh, journalism uh, and we, we understand the importance of it. And then, by the way, it's something that's, you know, uh, sincerely and deeply under threat at the moment. And then there's James, uh, just a couple of years younger than Lachlan, uh, intensely competitive uh, with Lachlan by their own account of their childhood. Um, they used to fight like two cats in a bag, uh, as, you know, brothers do. But, yeah, he was never interested in the newspaper side of the business, never really spent a hell of a lot of time in Australia, uh, was, you know, started his career, actually. He dropped out of business school and started a, a rap label. Really? Yeah, yeah, Raucous Records. Raucous Records, okay. I'm guessing that's the inspiration for one particular scene from the show. When Kendall delivers a special musical performance for his dad at a company event. I caught myself uh, humming that tune once and uh, cringed hard enough to pull a muscle. James has never done that, though. Tell me about him. You know, people say he's the one who's got the management speak. He was the one who, I mean, he was the youngest CEO of a top uh, FTSE 100 company when he took over um, Sky in the UK in the early aughts. And he he racked up some real wins as a CEO. As Orwell foretold, to let the state enjoy a near monopoly of information is to guarantee manipulation and distortion. That we must have a plurality of voices, and they must be independent. So it's those three kids, Liz, Lachlan and James, who were seen as the real contenders to take over the business. How did they grow up, and what kind of father was Rupert Murdoch? Anna Murdoch uh, once said, uh, quote, in in a very rare interview that, Rupert wasn't a wrestly daddy. He wasn't sort of cuddly, warm. He has a prodigious uh, work ethic and always has throughout his career. And so in many ways, he was an absent father. I think we all, as children, pick up things by osmosis. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably why I'm not musical. I never picked that up. But I think in my own family that my children because they hear so much talked about newspapers, they live with it all the time, they, they hear all the discussions at the breakfast table. Um, they have a love for it that is totally indescribable to people outside. But the children, when they've been interviewed, also recall with you know some fondness waking up early in the morning to see their dad. Every morning they're going through the newspapers, but the New York Post, Wall Street Journal, the Times, going through the newspapers going, you know, this is a good story, that's a bad headline, that's a great headline, this is well sub, look at the error here, what, you know. And so they were kind of junior media moguls from a very early age. So, Paddy, there are some key moments in this story, and one of them is the early 2000s, when Liz, James and Lachlan are all working in the media business in some form. And Lachlan is already considered the heir, and he's working in New York. And then, in 2005, all of a sudden, he walks out on the American business. Why is that? Well, in some ways, I think Liz had paved the way for the decision that Lachlan took. At that time, Lachlan was locking horns with Peter Chernin, who was then Chief Operating Officer at News Corporation and Rupert's right-hand man, 
highly regarded Hollywood executive. And he was also having a dispute, a simmering kind of dispute with Roger Ailes, the founder of Fox News himself. So there was no love lost between uh, Roger Ailes and Lachlan Murdoch. And in fact, Roger's widow, Elizabeth, just recently was saying that Ailes used to talk in, you know, absolutely disparaging terms about both um, Lachlan and James. I think he called them dumb and dumber. At the time, he was the most powerful person. This is the one person that Rupert didn't want to cross uh, was Roger Ailes. Mm. And he was he had his, his own fiefdom at Fox News. It was run very much as his own uh, fiefdom. And he wasn't going to be told what to do. You know, this uh, kind of simmering distrust, if you like, uh, kind of came to a head over quite a you know, a minor programming decision. It was about a series called Crime Line and Rupert backed, Rupert backed Roger over Lachlan. And Rupert, Rupert has later said this is the worst decision of his life, the thing he most regrets. For Lachlan, it wasn't about the series. It was about the fact that his father would undermine him. And at that point, uh, he quit. He threw all that in. He just got married himself. He had um, to uh, the supermodel um, Sarah Murdoch, formerly Sarah O'Hare, um, and he had a kid. They were expecting their first son. He threw it all in and just said, I, I would rather work and live in Sydney. And uh, and that's what he did for the best, best part of the next decade. He, he was sitting in Australia. Hmm. And so with Lachlan out of the way, it's James who's considered the next in line to take over the family business. And you've got outlets like the New York Times writing profiles, calling him the leader in waiting. It looks like the whole succession drama might be over. And then a terrible scandal hits the company, one that they're they're still dealing with to this day. Tell me about it. It was like a slow kind of train wreck. So in 2011, The Guardian reports that the reporters at the News of the World had hacked into the phones of murdered British schoolgirl Millie Dowler. In the weeks that 13-year-old Millie Dowler was missing and her loved ones were desperately waiting for news, a private detective working for the News of the World hacked into her mobile phone and listened to her voicemails. This really is an earthquake here. Take a look at the morning papers here. The Daily Telegraph, goodbye, cruel world. Rupert Murdoch owns a bunch of papers here. His son, World's End, The Times, he also owns that, hacked to death. This scandal has rocked his media empire to the core. In fact, most of the conduct had occurred a decade earlier, but people had generally thought that it was confined to hacking the voicemails of you know, the elite, uh, the royal family, sports people, politicians, celebrities. But here was the phone being hacked of a ordinary schoolgirl uh, who had disappeared. That became the worst crisis the Murdoch media empire had faced, um, certainly since they almost went broke launching B Sky B originally back in 91. And it split the company and it split the family. It also changed the dynamic of the succession because James Murdoch, who had risen all the way uh, to the top of News International, which was the ultimate parent company running the uh, British and European operations, James was tarnished unavoidably by the fallout from this scandal. He had not been responsible for the newspapers in any way, shape or form when the phone hacking occurred, but he now was the face of the scandal along with his father, Rupert. This is the most humble day of my life. James and I would like to say how sorry we are for what has happened. 
invading people's privacy by listening to their voicemail is wrong. Paying police officers for information is wrong. It's a matter of great regret of mine, my father's, and everyone at News Corporation. So then how does this scandal and the way that James handles it impact on Rupert's thinking about who he hands this company over to? As the phone hacking scandal enveloped the company, Lachlan gets a call from James in the middle of the crisis saying, you have to come to London, otherwise Rupert's going to fire me. And Lachlan does that. He flies out from Australia and he is completely untarnished by the phone hacking scandal. He's kind of the last man standing. And Rupert looks at him and decides that he wants him back in the business. He needs him back in the business. In 2015, they come up with a plan, which is that Lachlan and James will share control of 21st Century Fox. Lachlan and the then Chief Operating Officer, Chase Carey, sit down at lunch with James and tell him that the successor has to be Lachlan. And Lachlan and Chase sit down and deliver this message to James. They will share control, but James would have the Chief Executive's role, but Lachlan would be the Chairman. And for James to sit down and be told this, not by Rupert, not by his father, but by by Lachlan and Chase, uh, that was an affront. He was outraged. And he storms out of the lunch. He jets off to Bali. And yet they do manage to come to something like a power-sharing agreement that holds together for the next couple of years. Rupert Murdoch has a media empire worth some $10 billion and two sons, Lachlan and James, getting more and more control. Uh, but I think it, it was clear from that moment on that in Rupert's eyes and in the eyes of the board, Lachlan was the eventual successor. Coming up, the threat buried in the Murdoch family business that might ruin Lachlan's succession. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today in Focus is supported by better help. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus. Paddy, the fact that Lachlan returns to the heart of the business in 2015 proves really crucial, not just for the Murdochs, but arguably for the whole world. It's at this time that the US is about to enter one of the most divisive periods in its recent history. Tell me about what happens and what it does to the Murdoch family. What happens is that Lachlan and James come to an uneasy truce, working together, still for their father, of course, but working together to manage 21st Century Fox. And for a time, they succeeded. Uh, Both sons had helped Rupert through his uh, painful divorce with third wife Wendy Deng. And in early uh, 2016, they were delighted when he announced he would uh, marry former supermodel Jerry Hall. Rupert was actually holidaying with Jerry on the French Riviera in uh, July 2016 when Gretchen Carlson made her sexual harassment allegations against Fox News uh, chief Roger Ailes. Those sexual harassment allegations against one of the most powerful men in television news. Fox News host Gretchen Carlson has filed a lawsuit against the network's CEO, Roger Ailes, claiming she was fired because she refused his advances. Lachlan and James decide that they will appoint an independent legal firm to investigate the allegations against Ailes. Within two weeks, Ailes is out the door. That happens at the same time as the Republican Party is deciding on their nominee for the president. It's honor to be able to throw Donald Trump over the top in the delegate count tonight with 89 delegates and another six for John Kasich. Congratulations, Dad. We love you. Everyone said it couldn't happen except Donald Trump Donald and his family. At that moment, post-Ales, it was not clear there was a tussle between the family as to what direction Fox might take. Uh, James wanted to hire, in fact, David Rose, the uh, CBS executive, to bring Fox News back to the middle. Rupert and Lachlan decided that there was no point adjusting a model that was working well. And they are kind of vindicated when Trump wins the election against all predictions at the end of 2016. And Lachlan says so in interviews at the time that the election result itself showed that they'd taken the right decision. But the division that Trump brings to America also sounds inside the family and Lachlan and James are increasingly at odds. It's, it's striking just how at odds the brothers have become. James has publicly criticised Fox News in interviews, and he and his wife have said that News Corp's coverage of the climate crisis in particular was especially concerning, so much so that in 2020, James quit the board of News Corp. James Murdoch, the son of media mogul Rupert Murdoch, has resigned from the board of News Corp. He cited disagreements over editorial content at the company, which was founded by his conservative father. 
Murdoch said his resignation was, quote, due to disagreements over certain editorial content published by the company's news outlets and certain other strategic decisions. As of today, James has severed his ties with the company. He reportedly didn't attend either of Rupert's 90th birthday parties. But, Paddy, crucially, James still has an important say in the future of the company. And that's because of the way the Murdoch Family Trust has been structured. Tell me about that. In the divorce settlement between Rupert and Anna, there was an agreement, a hard fought. It took years. But Anna Murdoch held on. Uh, She left a lot of money on the table um, because what she wanted to secure was that her children would inherit control of the Murdoch media empire. And the structure of the trust was that Rupert would own four shares while his four elder children, Prue, uh, Liz, Lachlan and James, would have one each. And what that sets up is a situation where when Rupert does pass away, his votes will effectively expire with him. It will become a decision between the four elder children as to how they vote. And Lachlan's power will, he will be just one of four, uh, rather than at the moment where he is clearly the designated um, successor to Rupert. That is extraordinary. That There's this time bomb in the structure of the trust waiting to potentially go off once Rupert dies. Do we have any sense of what that might mean for Lachlan and for his succession? Well, Lachlan is secure while ever Rupert is alive. The siblings are biding their time. Rupert's in control of the business for now, and that is no question, with Lachlan working alongside him and increasingly taking over the reins uh, in a kind of orderly succession. But when Rupert dies and Lachlan is only one of four votes amongst his you know, three uh, siblings on the Murdoch Family Trust, there is a real danger that he'll be rolled. I, I quoted in the book one Wall Street analyst who said, who was very familiar with the dynamics within the family and said, It's fair to assume that uh, the day Rupert dies is the day that Lachlan gets fired. Now, you know, it's unlikely that that will happen exactly that way. But what I understand is that there is a concern amongst Lachlan's siblings about the direction of Fox Corporation and Fox News in particular. And there is a determination to reassert control of the business and to do it in a way that promotes and enhances democracies around the world rather than undermine them. That has put Lachlan at odds with his, with his siblings. And my understanding is that their intention uh, is to reassert control uh, of the business once Rupert passes. And that could be a dangerous moment for Lachlan. Paddy, just finally, a lot of people listening to this will be preparing to watch the last episode of Succession or else mourning the end of the show, one of the really great TV dramas of the last few years. Why do you think that story has captured the imagination of so many millions of people? Succession is giving us a glimpse of a rarefied world of power and money that most people can only imagine. And what we have seen in Succession is a familiar dynamic play out where the aging patriarch is confronted with a dilemma. 
which of his children to favour. But I think what people are seeing is a, a possible outcome for the most powerful media empire, certainly in America and Australia, and arguably one of the most powerful in the world, which is that after the death of the patriarch um, and the founder, it's impossible to hold it together and the structure is unstable. Uh, when Rupert does pass, no one can know what the outcome will be. But I think one of the least likely outcomes is that there will be an orderly transition uh, to a future in which Lachlan Murdoch remains the chief executive and the Murdoch Family Trust remains in firm control of all aspects of that business. If it's not a breakup, it's at least turmoil within the empire. Well, Paddy, I guess the good news for fans of Succession is the real story is still playing out. The bad news is we're all living in it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. That was Paddy Manning, a journalist whose biography of Lachlan Murdoch called The Successor is available now. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Lucy Hoff. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Elizabeth Casson. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.